more morning anytime. This is the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Here we go again. Podcast after the broadcast. we got a really, really great show that we want you to listen to. We appreciate you doing just that. And again, if you see us on the street, just scream out the word narwhal. Narwhal. That's it, the secret code. That's right. Is that more than one word or two? I don't know. So it's an no, it's just one. Word. It is just one, eh? Yeah. Okay. All it's right. like a whale. All right. Hey, uh, our day started with Jack bringing us in some uh, coffees and teas for Tim Horton's camp day, which was awesome. I really appreciate that, Jack. Do you? I do. You I said know. it was off, though. Something yeah, was wrong I got you a green tea because you don't drink coffee, but I, it tastes weird. You it said. had some smoky scent to it. I don't know <laughs> if it came from the Tim Hortons in high level or what. But it's special delivery. But that's okay. I'm M- sip, sipping on it. Maybe they use the same pot for coffee and tea, and they maybe didn't oh, get washed early maybe. enough. maybe. That could be it. Because I'm not a coffee fan, which is, like, crazy. So many people just say, how can you possibly work in the mornings and not drink coffee? Or how can you possibly... I always said I was going to drink it when I got older and guess I'm not there yet. Just waiting. Hmm. Well, I promise there's nothing that I put in there for you. Really? No. What about mine? <laughs> I can't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. A good morning, a mix of sun and cloud today and a high of 19 degrees. Today is Tim Hortons Camp Day. Be sure to stop by Tim Hortons for your coffee as all proceeds from today's coffee sales will go towards sending kids to camp. With the removal of the carbon tax, we now have some of the cheapest gas in the country. In Edmonton, prices have hovered around $1.07 a liter. Yeah, I, I put her in for a buck four yesterday and I was just like, wow. Well, no more carbon tax, bud. Wow. It's still so sad. It's over a dollar and we're like, yes. Yeah, it's true. Ouch. Mm -hmm. In sports, the Toronto Raptors play game three of the NBA championship in Oakland tonight. And a while ago, we were talking about KFC and how good it would be if they just sold the skin. Hmm. Well, they might have heard us. International locations are starting to sell bags of fried chicken skin. Yeah, just the skin. No meat. Closest place? Thailand. Okay, that's pretty close. We have a repeater in Thailand. Who knew? (laughs) Why were you shaking your head in a positive way or a negative way, man? I want it so bad, but for everybody's good, they probably shouldn't do this. No. Oh, it would be so good. Even if they just brought it as like a week, skin for a week. But the best part about the skin is peeling it off the chicken yourself. Yeah, you're right. Would you really appreciate it if you were just digging in? That's right, you wouldn't. It's like picking off a scab. It's the same kind of idea or what? Yeah, I mean, once you have the scab in your hand, like, (laughs) great. But you want to get it off yourself. That's right. Just don't eat You just don't want a bag of scabs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, chicken could be coming here soon. Chicken skin, that is. I'm Jack, and that's what you need to know. Thank you, Jack. Here we go. It's time for the too early for a question question. A fun one this morning. I don't know. Sometimes I think we're going to get the answer right away, and then we don't. And other times I'm like, oh, they'll never get this one, and then they do. And by they, I mean you. 780-421-1039. If you've never tried before, be a big winner today with the Andy Andy, Andy Pillow Contest. I get all choked up when I think about it. 70% (laughs) of moms think it's okay for kids as young as 12 to do this. They think it's okay for kids as young as 12 to do this. Matt's eyes are getting big. Is it? Uh, no, it's not what you're thinking. All right. I hope this is accepted when Kennedy's 12. All right. Okay, there's maybe a hint for you. I don't know. <laughs> 780-421-1039. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. It's the too early for a question question this morning. Gets you that chance to win that Andy pillow. Blaine, you're up first. 70% of moms think it's okay for kids as young as 12 to do this. What's this? Uh, just stay at home by yourself. Wow. Good job. First in, first on, and right. Deadly. Staying at home <laughs> by themselves. Do you remember when you were a kid when you got to stay home uh, by yourself? 
I probably can, yeah. Yeah. This is called being a latchkey kid. What's that mean? Means that uh, you just were unsupervised for some part of the day when you were a child. Hmm. Yeah, you just go home from school, key in, <laughs> hang out, watch TV, mom's home. Yeah. yeah. The dog. Yeah. You crush a box of KD. And- That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think things are different now. I think, I mean, you're, but you're right. Back in, the, in in our day, for sure, I think probably at 12, I was probably at home with the rest of my siblings who were younger than me. Maybe it was even younger than that, right? I mean, it was just kind of, but, you know, we didn't get in trouble. That was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we never got caught. Yeah. No. <laughs> Nobody right. around. We got in trouble. Yep. We trying to kid. Hey, congratulations. You've just won an Andy pillow, and you're also qualified for the grand prize of the sleep set, the king size one from Andy pillow as well. That's awesome. Thank you. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Found out thanks to the too early for a question. Question Blaine knew uh, that, uh, yeah, 70% of moms think that uh, kids as young as 12 can stay home alone and uh yeah you have the story in front of you there jack yep they say seven out of ten moms anywhere from age 12 to 15 and they said 71 percent of moms also find peace of mind when using a video doorbell camera so they can kind of see who's coming to the door they can also see when their kids get home if they leave again all that good stuff you have a real taken situation yeah like you're watching your kids get them (laughs) oh geez hopefully not the doorbell camera has been probably a game changer i'm assuming but you know big time yeah i mean you think it was about 12 when you got to stay at home Alone. It was grade six. I remember I was in grade six. My brother was in grade four. Yeah. And we got to go off the school bus. It was about 3.30 and stay home probably till about 5.30 till yeah. my parents got home. Yeah. When was your first sick day at home? Hmm. Like full day home alone by yourself? Hmm. You know what? I never had when my parents never trusted us. They were like, <laughs> no, we're staying home. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Wise move. <laughs> Junior high, yeah. I remember it was the first time, maybe even grade six, My I'd be sick and then they'd be like, all right, we can't find childcare. This yeah. is you're, you're staying fine. here. They'd lock all the doors and mom would be like, okay, I dealt nine and one in the phone. There's an emergency. Just hit the last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, that'd be tempting you, wouldn't it? I can't just, yeah. Anyway, what is this, uh, the, the the worst thing you did when you were home alone? Um, if you remember back that far, or, I don't know. We did a lot of bad things. I mean, really? We, well, oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Sure. We were, I was so scared. Scared? Was, oh, terrified. Really? The worst thing I would do is in the basement. You know they have the sewer drain. Yeah. I was lazy. Didn't want to go to the washroom oh, upstairs. No, really? <laughs> so I would just pee in the sewer drain. Like you did this more than hey. one time. Oh, several times. Yeah. Well, you does know, it that get fleshed you know, out? Yeah, you, absolutely it does. You know, It's just like the sewer. You're fine. I mean, I wouldn't do a number two in there, but you know, <laughs> number <laughs> one's fine. Stomp. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> one of my dad's favorite stories where we were, and again, I have uh, I had three siblings, and so they'd leave us They'd leave us alone. I remember it was like a rainy Saturday or something, and they, they had to go to the city or whatever, and they left us uh, alone. And my, as my dad would tell the story, he'd say, so we drive back in the yard, and I can see in the big picture window, I'm like, what are the kids doing in there? Are they playing ping pong? <laughs> and, and he's like, they can't be. The ping pong table's from in the basement, right? No, we had taken it apart and then put it back together and, and we're playing ping pong in the living room. Hey, it keeps you busy. What was wrong with basement ping pong? Nothing, but we just... Oh, there, wasn't a, there was not a TV. Oh, in the, oh that In the living sense. room, there was a TV, and I remember having like Wimbledon on or something, and so they were doing tennis, and we were doing ping pong, and uh, the problem same, same. was when we took the... Uh, we might not even taken the ping pong table apart now that I think about it, because there was like scratches <laughs> all the way down the hallway and everywhere else. So anyway, what about you? What was the worst thing you ever did when the parents were home? This is the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. 
Yeah, somebody's gone raptor crazy, and the question is, is it weird or what? We'll ask you that in about 10 minutes' time, but right now we're talking about things you used to do when uh, you were home alone, thanks to the too early for a question question. We found out kids uh, as uh, young as 12, moms think, are ready to go. Carly texts in and says, when my parents would leave me and my two sisters alone, we would take those sticky hand toys, you know, the ones you get from the dentist or the doctor that you can fling around and they stick to things? Mm. Well, we'd tie them to the ceiling fan, turn the fan on, and laugh until we cried while it spun around the room, smacking everything in its path. Well, our parents got home and they knew something was up because there was greasy smears all along the wall near the ceiling. Oh, man, why'd they look up, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Fairly innocent fun, though. I mean, that's not bad. They won't look up, yeah. We did get this text. Alberta Safety Council provides a course for kids called Home Alone to teach kids how to stay home safely and give them the confidence to be home alone. Yeah. I didn't need any more confidence. (laughs) No. I was so confident. You were like, this is my house now? This is it. It was like uh, Kevin from Home Alone. Yes. But yet, Jack, you said you were scared to death. Terrified. I even find myself still scared if I'm home alone. <laughs> and I'm a mom. And I'm like, oh, I have somebody else to take care of now. Interesting. All right. I know. Yeah, Scary no, we cat. didn't lack for confidence at home alone. <laughs> no. No, exactly. Here's Florida Georgia Line. It's round here. This is Kissing Country 103.9. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. We're talking about uh, things you did, uh, well, when your parents wisely or not so wisely left you home alone. This story, we just got this text. I was at my cousin's and we were left alone. My uncle had a room full of boxes of fluorescent tubes in the barn. Oh no. Well, we proceeded to have lightsaber wars with them. Sabered our way through over (laughs) 500 battles before his uncle walked in and blew a gasket. Shattered glass everywhere on the barn room floor. Needless to say, we were taught a lesson. Spanks, cleaning, grounding, and payment to restock those 500 bulbs. Lesson I'll never forget. Wow. You take that half hour though. The fun they had that half hour smashing those lights. There is nothing like the sound of a fluorescent bulb smashing. It's just like... but oh. wouldn't you, as soon as it's smashed, be like, uh-oh, we're going to get in trouble? We're like, uh-oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you break one, you might as well break them all. All right, what about, what about you, Slug? Me and my brother used to break into my dad's tattoo equipment when he when he was gone. Wow. <laughs> Did you know how to use it? Well, we learned. <laughs> <laughs> so you have any tattoos uh, from when you were what? a kid? <laughs> oh, I got them all covered up because they were some messes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and this is worse than the guns. The worst thing we did, I think, when mom and dad were away was like draw on the walls in the basement. But I mean, <laughs> you could replace the walls. <laughs> I did see a couple of nine-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys have tattoos of? Um... Well, we tried skulls, we tried birds, we tried flowers, but they were just black. If if you had been smart, you would have at least done an I love mom tattoo. (laughs) This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Check the calendar. It's Wednesday, so it's Weird or What Wednesday time. And we appreciate you uh, helping us with our jobs by reaching out and doing things like this. This is such a funny text we got. Hey, Chris, Jack, and Matt, I got to tell you guys about my wife. She is going nuts for the Raptors in the finals. She's never watched a minute of basketball before now. And she's out there screaming at the TV, yelling players' names incorrectly. And she even has a jersey she wears every game. Now, she's listening to Drake, and the same thing happened when the Blue Jays won the World Series years ago, but she hasn't watched a game since. Is this extreme bandwagoning weird or what? I think it's hilarious. It's not weird. (laughs) Go for it. Why not? We don't have a basketball team. Why not be passionate about it? It's weird that you only get excited when things are going great. 
Yeah. No, that's not weird. <laughs> no, that's that makes, weird. That makes no. complete sense. I hate this. I hate when like Oilers fans come out of the woodwork when they're successful. Yeah. So yeah. every couple of decades. Right, 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 right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to suffer with the team to understand the greatness. All right. But yeah. share in the celebration. Yeah, Why she's, not? She's not suffering. She's just she's jumping in at just she's the happy. right time, right? She's oh. Buying the stock when it's high, I guess. Well, that's true. I, myself, I you know I've watched two straight basketball games the entire game, and I've never done that when it comes to NBA or Raptors or anything like that. So I kind of feel like I'm like this person too. I don't have a jersey yet, but yeah, yet I'm, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to miss the game tonight. Hey, I'm a Raptors fan too because they're they've I've always cheered for them. Always. That's like, what always. everyone says, no, Matt. I've never cheered for anybody else. What do you else? mean cheered for them? Like watched the games? They're my, I will I will keep an eye on the scores and everything like that. I'm not a huge fan. I'm still not a huge fan. You, you barely even but watch my Oilers games. Let That's not true. Games. I love my Oilers. Take that back. Get that finger out no, of my face. No, you love your sleep more. I've heard it in here. <laughs> I do have a son at home. I, I kind of feel like you're kind of like this person too, Matt. <laughs> not at all. Does this hit close to home? <laughs> never. <laughs> all right. Is it weird or what? That's what's he, what he's asking. Is it weird to just all of a sudden decide that you're like the world's biggest Toronto Raptors fan, even though you've never watched a game before they got to the finals. We'd love to hear from you. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Toronto Raptors. Yes, uh, Canada's basketball team. There used to be two. Yeah, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh, yeah. I then, forgot about them. Then they moved, and now the Raptors are in the NBA Finals for the very first time. It's a huge deal. I mean, man, the who's who in the world was there in Toronto watching the game last game, right? Yes, there is a lady in our city that wishes she was there. She is hardcore on that bandwagon, and her husband is saying, is this weird or what? I mean, she has a jersey. She watches every game now. She's never watched a lick of basketball in her life. Mm. Uh, we got this text. To be honest, I've somewhat done the exact same thing. I've never watched basketball before the Raptors and their amazing run and going to the finals for the first time in franchise history it's exciting for me Canada is making a difference in sports I feel thank you for the text I feel the same as that lady in in a lot of respects I mean I never watched a game all year and now I've been watching in the playoffs as much as I can and certainly in the finals I've been watching like every minute even when they're recorded I actually try to not find out the score and watch them and pretend I'm watching them live. So I, f- I feel like I've definitely jumped on this bandwagon too. You know what? I have no problem with the people in Canada getting behind the Raptors. Right. They're Canada's team. It's The true problem is the flip-floppy between teams. I just don't want to see this lady mm. next year when, say, whoever's in the finals and mm. she starts cheering for them, buys the jersey, yeah, and, and I, does the whole thing for the other team. I, I think it's a Canadian thing because you made reference to her doing the Blue Jays thing a number exactly. of years ago. Exactly. Well, I so think I, if it's Canada, then she's cheering for them. All right. This text says, get excited for the Raptors. It's bigger than the NBA. This is huge for basketball in Canada. Yeah, that's true too. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you. Go Raptors go today. Woo. This is the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. And it's an article that's gaining momentum. Should dodgeball be banned in school for its violent nature? But remember, dodgeball is a sport of violence, exclusion, and degradation. So, when you're picking players in gym class, remember to pick the bigger, stronger kids for your team. That way, you can all gang up on the weaker ones. Oh, yes. Oh, some are calling it a rite of passage in school. We all did it. Others are calling it legalized bullying. Now, we tried to reach out to some teachers in the city who will remain nameless, but they said their hands are tied. They can't say anything. They've been told not to say anything about the, uh, yeah, about getting rid of dodgeball. 
They did dodgeball when I was a kid, for sure. I remember it very, very well. I was first out. Um, I was a big, big target, kind of standing in the front. Last in, first out, eh? Yeah, I couldn't catch, no coordination, so I couldn't catch the ball to eliminate somebody else. I was a big target, and I really couldn't throw very well. Did you fear it? Did you dread it? Uh, I don't know. I, You know, I think about my friend Johnny Gillis. That guy could throw, right? Oh, man. (laughs) I always wanted to be on his team, you know, and and others. Yeah, you know, those those real athletic guys, and, you know, and and we, we had some great athletic girls, too. I mean, I used to to get whipped by everybody. So I don't remember it being my fondest memory for sure. I didn't mind it in school. And I was kind of the middle person. Like I was lanky and kind of like didn't really have that much coordination. So it was by, (laughs) yes, it was by accident that I didn't get hit in dodgeball. So I didn't mind it. But (laughs) when I was in school in the nineties, they actually changed it at our school where they were like, Hey, dodgeball is getting a few rule changes. You don't hit each other. Now you have three sticks in the middle of the court and you have to knock down the sticks with the balls. Really? So they, the teachers at my school, say Justin, were already kind of on this being like, Huh, maybe we shouldn't be hitting each they, other. They saw the kids with the bloody noses and they said, maybe let's. <laughs> maybe not. We should just change it to sticks. All right, now, Matt, you're the athlete. So yeah. you would yes. have been an athlete. During I had, this time. I had, dodgeball was my sport. Yeah. For one, I could throw hard. Yeah. I played baseball growing up. Half these kids don't know how to throw properly. And you're a lefty, so they don't see that and coming. And did you try and throw as hard as you can? I. <laughs> Guys, I think they should get rid of dodgeball because guys like me do ruin it for the nerds. (laughs) I own so many nerds in dodgeball and I just couldn't stop it. Okay. It was a form of bullying. I I remember we in grade twelve we had the gym class and there wasn't very many of us. We played against a grade ten class. I was the first one to throw a ball against them. I heard my teacher go, No, The ball flew through the air, hit this kid square in the face. Oh, that's bad. All right. Well, our first text on this from Monday in Riverbend says, as a pediatric nurse, uh, but not a parent, I have to support the banning of dodgeball. I've seen more dodgeball injuries come into ER than you can imagine, concussions, fractures, and a host of other injuries. Certainly, there has to be other games to play in the gym. Oh, and then there's another one. It's a new Canada. We're all sissies. So there you go. (laughs) <laughs> I kind of I agree with that. It's like, like come on, just not, don't be like Matt. But did you not just hear the fractures and the concussion part? Yes, but if you hit nicely. <laughs> it's not like dodgeball teaches us all our life lessons. We can find them from other places. Yeah. There was a comment in this article that someone said, like, this is the start of life lessons. Yeah. Like, avoid the ball. <laughs> Oh, okay. I might have had a concussion or two, but I again, I don't, I don't know what to say. We want you to, yeah. To ch- what do you think? Chime in. We got the perfect two there. We got the pediatric nurse saying this is actually hurting the kids and giving them concussions, which are lifelong things, and then somebody else saying, "Oh, it's just the new sissifying of our." You know, what are they going to do next? Take you away grown our- up if you haven't had a cast on your arm from dodgeball. Yeah. There we go. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. There's rumors that dodgeball baby going uh, the way of the uh, dodo bird, so to speak. Uh, it's a uh, 708. We're talking about that and we're looking for your opinion and your view on it. And there is a lot. This is from Jillian, a teacher. Keep dodgeball. Kids don't play like we used to. There's lots of new rules. There's Dr. Dodgeball, a kid designed doctor, put, designated doctor, puts the players back into the game in magic dodgeball. You catch the special ball and all your team is back in the game. So there's lots more strategy and less pain in today's dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter what kind of dodgeball. I'm throwing that thing as hard as I it's can. It's a neat idea, though. It says kids request to play it all of the time. Okay, there you go. Another one here, it was the worst sport. I felt bullied every time I played, and that was 45 years ago. I had a kid in my school. Hmm. His name was Brad. 
He got drafted in the fifth round by the San Francisco Giants as a pitcher. Not bad. And there was one <laughs> pitcher. ball. Oh, man. <laughs> he threw about 92 to 95 miles an hour. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. And there was always one ball in dodgeball class that yeah. was a little more rubbery than the others. Yeah. yeah. And every time we ended up on his side, be like, give the ball to Brad. <laughs> give the ball, Brad the ball. And he'd throw this thing and it would hiss <laughs> through the air. It hit you so hard and leave red welts all over you. Yeah. But there was he, no catching Brad's. But you weren't a sure. sissy, were you? No. I nope. swore like a champ. You're ready to go to war. Here's a strong take, guys. Dodgeball is a metaphor for life, says this texter. The strong players or the workers rise to the top. The weaker ones do not. Mm. Calm down, snowflakes. Anti-dodgeballers are probably the same people that think failing kids is bad. We've made a pretty big leap from like school sports dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The end of society, and as were, we know. There was there was somebody that predicted that we could we will lose every war now because we don't let kids play dodgeball. Uh, yes, so. the, the direct uh, quote was: "This next generation is going to have no backbone. If we ever go to war, we will lose for sure." Well, and I can, I, I don't want to be hypocritical about it either because I again I just whatever the concussion stuff we we know more than we used to in the past. I mean, if if you. What was your guy's name there that smoked? He hits you with a 92-mile-an-hour ball in the head. You're probably not going to, you know, remember to eat your porridge the next morning. <laughs> probably not. So, I got CTE. So that's not that's not ideal. But then I'm the guy that's, that shakes my head at all these earmuffs for the kids, right? The, the new oh, earmuffs and yes. stuff like that. So, yeah, you know. One last text here. At the hospital, we can always tell when teachers are done teaching math in early to mid-June because the dodgeball injuries go up. I am all for physical activity in sports, but there is actually no dodgeball light. I got what they're saying. There's no like, mm. like okay, kids, now we're just going to, no running this no, time in dodgeball. There's a magic dodgeball, wasn't it? What's it called? Dr. Dodgeball. Yes, apparently. <laughs> I uh, play Dr. Dodgeball and you're still getting hit as hard. Keep it coming. We love uh, to hear from you this morning. This is the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Talking dodgeball uh, this morning because uh, there's some people that are trying to get rid of it. And holy cow, we got a lot of people with opinions about that. Yeah, and lots of talk about the balls. This text says, we don't actually play with rubber balls anymore. We play with foam ones. And kids who throw too hard are asked to tone it down and not aim at the head. There you go. That's a game changer. A foam ball would be, because it wasn't a foam ball when we were kids. I know that for a fact. Yeah, this person was confused. They're saying, how does a dodgeball hurt? The ball is so big and soft and it's bouncy. We had various balls in school because the standard foam ones, they're not going to hurt you, especially after about 20 feet. It's just not going to hurt. Yeah. But sometimes they have the smaller foam ones. You can throw harder. They're about softball size. Yeah, and they're dense. (laughs) Slightly more dense. And then there are the old school ones I'm sure Chris played with. Yeah. The the super rubbery ones. Super red. Yeah. Medicine balls. Yeah. They were the 10 pounders. (laughs) 20 pounders. Yeah. Just drop them on each other's heads. All one right. last one here. Simple. Uh-huh. No headshots. Keep dodgeball alive. There you go. Okay. Uh, what about you, Claudia? What do you think? My daughter actually two Wednesdays ago had to be taken to emerge because she got a broken nose. <gasps> oh, uh, no. It's not unusual. Yeah. It, it, and it was, they were playing with the sub. The, 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 teachers was, the teacher was a sub that day. Right. And a girl was standing five feet away from my daughter and just whipped it right at her face. Yeah. Her right square nose. Broke her nose. The picture was beautiful. However, that didn't stop her from playing it again on Friday. And she just, you know, the teacher yelled at, the sub yelled at the girl, said no face shots. But... It's dodgeball. It is what it is. Yeah, I know. And Sam just called us and said, "You just got to teach the basically got to teach these kids 
you know, to, to approach this differently. But I don't think that's realistic. Once you give them a ball and you say, hit that person, I mean, they're going to try to hit that person. I don't know. That's the life lesson in itself. Stay away from the face. <laughs> Stop approaching the ball with your giblets. <laughs> it's, all, it's all a lesson, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, we're, so as, yeah. A, as a mom, did it change your opinion on dodgeball or are you still for it? Not at all. I don't care. Really, you know what? I'm, but I'm also that mom that also says, suck it up, you'll be fine. We went to Disneyland and Tanis, my daughter, had a broken wrist for two weeks. Right. I was like, we'll deal with it when we get back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Talking dodgeball. Should they get rid of it? This text says, I teach in elementary and the kids love dodgeball. There's many variations to play. We use rhino balls and they're made of foam so it doesn't hurt. My class especially loves fitness dodgeball. Every time you get hit, you have to do an exercise to get back in the game. (laughs) Teachers rarely play it and when given the choice, kids will always choose it. In my mind, I'm like, that would make the kids so tired. That's such a great idea. Uh For sure. Another one here. We need more moms like the one that was just on. The point of dodgeball is to learn hand-eye coordination and to maybe pick up a few dodging skills while you're at it. We need more moms that see the value in their kids' nose getting broken. (laughs) 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 The leaps people are taking. Remember, let's all take a little step back and it's just dodgeball. No, Matt, it starts with dodgeball. (laughs) This is becoming a societal epidemic. (laughs) It could very well be. Somebody said it started with uh, not handing out candy at parades and it's gone straight to dodgeball and what's next? Exactly. We might as well just burn it all down to start again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. You can keep giving us your opinion. Yeah. Pa- these are great guys. Pand- Lots of hot takes. <laughs> Pandora, a gift certificate, $100 up for grabs in about seven minutes time. Here's Riley Green. And there was this girl on Kissing Country 103.9. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. But we're talking about dodgeball. Yes, some people are saying, hey, we need to remove it from schools. It's legalized bullying. Others are saying, hey, it's a rite of passage. Wanted to know your opinion. We got this text. I worked summer day camps for a couple of years. Every Friday, we played dodgeball in the morning, and we always ended it with a game of campers versus the leaders. It was honestly such good stress relief being able to hurl a ball at the annoying kid you've had to deal with all week. Oh, just like camp counselor confession. (laughs) Lasering kids. Oops, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. Why are all the balls going just towards that one kid? It's the weirdest thing. BJ, what do you think? You know what? We're raising a bunch of namby-pambies these days. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, and I was the smallest kid in the school type of thing. Yeah. I was just a a runt. Yep. And we played dodgeball. I was always the last one picked. Right. I was always the first one they tried to get out. Yes. You know what that did? That made me try harder. That made me work harder. And that made me become more agile and and a better player because I didn't want to get out right away. And BJ, you are quite nimble. (laughs) Just on the dance floor. Thank you, dodgeball. (laughs) This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. And final uh, text. There's so many calls and texts about this uh, getting rid of a dodgeball, and we just got a a text from a a kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. She says, even now we begin teaching the fundamentals of dodgeball in kindergarten. We frame it as a game of tag where we give some of the students soft bean bags and have them use an underarm throw to try and tag the players running near them. They love it. I think we should be starting early to develop the hand-eye coordination and understanding that just like in a game of tag, hurting 
beating others is not the objective. Yeah, growing up in Thorsby, we didn't use beanbags, beanball, whatever they are. <laughs> you fast forward to grade 11, and these kids are playing dodgeball. Guys, the objective is not to hurt anybody. They're still going to be trying to knock each other's heads off. Yeah, yeah, but it'll be in the back of your head, like, don't go full force. Don't. It was the beanbags. The beanbags. You know, and my brother and I, when we used to fight, we had a rule: nothing in the head, nothing Stick in the to face. The body. Right. So yeah, maybe yeah. maybe as long as you learned it in kindergarten. Thank you for your text. This is the Kissing Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. It's just Toronto, but uh, a lot of people in this country do. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Blue Jay phenomenon, where because they're the only one, yeah, we all kind of say they're our team. So there you go. It's probably more Canadians on the Golden State Warriors. But I haven't figured that out, but. Um, There's none. What's his name? Curry's half Canadian, I think. He's full American. He he he, he spent some time in Toronto because I think his dad played for. I think Toronto. He was born in Toronto. What? Jack, hold on. There's a way to find out, guys. <laughs> it's time for sheets you didn't know. Well, he was born in Ohio. <laughs> oh. Okay, never mind then. I don't know why I thought he was half Canadian. He, so that's probably going to ruin the credibility of what I'm about to do with sheets you didn't know. Jack's still looking at things. She's trying to figure I'm trying out. To, I'm trying to help you out, Chris. Steph Curry. He does have a love of Toronto, a place he lived from age 11 to 14, while his dad, Dell, played three seasons with the Raptors from 99 to 02. I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, this all might be fake news then. But okay, let's try it out. As far as I know, the Toronto Raptors, who are playing in game three of the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. first time they've played in the uh, NBA Finals in their 25-year history. They started back in uh, 1995 along with the Vancouver Grizzlies. Do you remember that? There was also yes. two teams, and then the Grizzlies ended up not doing so well, so they moved. But here's the thing. Where'd the Raptor name come from? They actually asked the fans the year before the team hit the court with their suggestions. And the final 10 options, it, it, might, it could have been the Beavers, it could have been the Bobcats, it could have been the Dragons, it could have been the Grizzlies, it could have been the Hogs, like sure. Hogs, Toronto's, Scorpions, T-Rex, Tarantulas, Terriers, and then Raptors was the final one. I like Raptors. I think they did a good a good job on that. I would that. have preferred the Bolly McBall faces. Yeah. But. Okay. I don't know. The tarantulas would have been kind of cool, too. Anyway, so, yeah, they, they named the team. They came out as the Toronto Raptors. And uh, here's the other thing. Of course, at that time, Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park was a huge thing. So that's oh, where the Raptors came from. The team colors were chosen for the logo to be bright red, purple, and black, and Naismith silver, which is a color they invented for the... Uh, Inventor of basketball, James Naismith, who invented basketball in this very country in 1891. Very cool. So there you go. That's how it all came together. That's kind of cool. I have some more sheets you didn't know. Huh. Uh, Curry's wife was born in Ontario, and his mom is from Toronto. Thank okay. you to the texters for those facts. That's where it They're comes flooding from. flooding it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Yeah, it's Wednesday, so it's Weird or What Wednesday. And it's Tim Horton's camp day, and we were talking about it earlier in the show and got this text. Mm. Hey, guys, my dad actually thinks the drive-thru is faster and has better service. So he goes through the drive-thru and then goes inside the store to meet his friends and eat his meal. It's weird, man. Super weird. Go in. It's like if you're going to spend an hour there doing the whole coffee and socializing. Yeah, you got the thing. time to wait in line. You might as well just go in. But you got to stand. Sometimes you got to wait, right? He's just sitting, waiting for his food. He pulls up. He does his thing. And I'm know. a man of convenience, and not even I would do this. You wouldn't even pull that off. We got an insider text. This person says, it's weird, but as someone who has worked in the fast food industry, it happens often. Service in the drive-thru is a lot faster. 
That would just be so funny if you saw somebody in the drive-thru and then you saw them sitting in the restaurant. They I, must do a double take. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hey, well, thank you for that. And again, if you've got an opinion, as always, we would love to hear from you. Is it weird or what? Do you know somebody that also does it? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. If people want to find out more about Jack, where do they got to go? You can go at Kissin underscore Jack, J-A-C-K, on Twitter. What about you, Matt? I'm Matt D. Builder on Twitter. All right, because you're building all the time. That's right. How about you, Chris? <laughs> well, I'm at Chris Sheets. Everybody spells my name wrong, S-C-H-E-E-T-Z. And don't forget about this podcast. Yes, you can rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a moment of all the fun we have. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Kissin' Country Chris, Jack, and Matt podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 5 on Kissin' Country 103.9.